Elvis' seminal debut album, The Listening, is ranked among Rolling Stone's 200 greatest hip-hop albums of all time. The album just turned 20, believe it or not, and Little Brother co-founders Fonte and Big Pooh join us now to share their thoughts on being uh, underground legends. Uh, Fonte, how are you, sir? Brother, I'm good, man. It is uh, an honor to be here. I just wanted to say I used to watch you on BT tonight. Uh, I watched the Prince interview. I watched the D'Angelo <laughs> interview. <laughs> like when I when my publicist hit me, David, he was like, "Yo, y'all do a Tavis spot." I was like, "What? Like, for real?" <laughs> so it, it's uh, it, the honor's all mine, brother. Thank no, you for having me. I I, I am humbled to hear those words. Uh, we all uh, want to believe that the work we're doing is having some sort of impact, but to know that that Fonte was watching uh, just gives me goosebumps. I appreciate it. Big Poo, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. It's an honor, honor, and a pleasure to be here, man. I'm, I'm so honored, man. It's, so honored. it's my great delight to, to have you both here. I want to make the most of these uh, less than 30 minutes that we have. Um, l- let me start with this, Fonte. I'll start with you. Um, be- being on that list of the 200 greatest hip-hop albums of all time, I was thinking about that last night. I mean, think of all of the albums <laughs> that have ever been made, right, man. Right. Uh, we we ain't even got to mixtapes. I'm just talking about albums, right? We, all the albums that have right. ever dropped to be listed by Rolling Stone as one of the greatest 200 albums of all time in this genre, uh, as they say down south, is high cotton. How how do you process that, Fonte? Right, <laughs> man. Uh, I think just being in that list, you know, we look at it like you know, with hip hop this year it just turned, you know, 50 years old. You know, yep. we celebrated the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. And so our album, you know, just turned 20. And so to just be a brick in that foundation, you know, it means more than any amount of money, any amount of fame, or just whatever you could imagine. Um, when, when we sat down and just were recording, you know, as essentially just kids, really young, very young men, mm-hmm. uh, just making our first record, we had no idea that, 20 years later, people would even still care. Nonetheless, that it would be named as, and we would be considered as, you know, one of the best albums in the genre. So um, it's just truly just a, a humbling feeling, you know what I mean? And just to be able to sit here uh, 20 years later, still have our life, still have our health, um, and still really be able to sit in this moment and um, really look at our legacy and be appreciated in it. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, man, it's, can't say nothing else. Other than that, it's just an amazing feeling. No, incredibly uh, humbling. A whole lot of folk appreciate you. Uh, none, none, none more so than Drake. Drake's always dropping y'all's name. He he loves he loves little <laughs> brother. So Drake Drake is shouting you out all the time. Uh, let me let, let me ask this before I go back to Big Pooh, Fonte. Let me stay with you for a second here. Um, what do you think as you look back on it? The impact of that album was aside from the success of the album itself. Um, you guys broke through uh, in a way that nobody before you had broken through doing what you do the way you did it as only you can. What do you what do you, what do you think the impact was of your having broke through as Little Brother? I think the impact for us, uh, it was a, a couple things. I think the main impact was that we were one of the first bands uh, to break straight from the Internet to, you know, a major label. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and the thing was, and that was kind of a gift and a curse in a lot of ways, but we were using the Internet because that was really the only tool we had at the time to just spread and get our music out. But it was at a time in the industry where things were really shifting and the labels didn't, they hadn't really figured out the Internet yet. They didn't know exactly how to monetize it. And, you know, they didn't know how far reaching it was. So we were pretty much, you know, the analogy me and Pooh always give, 
you know, we were the lead blockers mm-hmm. that made way for the running back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so and that was and that was what it was. And so I think the impact of that record was us showing people that you can do it yourself and as long as you have an audience that is willing to listen to you and, you know, and enjoy your music, as long as you keep serving that audience, you don't necessarily need the big, you know, record deal or the big whatever. Mm. If there's an audience that's showing up for you, just keep serving them. You know what I mean? And um and you can do it yourself in that way. And I think that was Really, uh, over the past days, as, as the the, the uh, comments have been coming in, that's one thing that we keep hearing people saying, like, yo, you showed me that there was a way for me to do this being myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that really means a lot. You said something just now, Fonte, that is, is resonating with me. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here just, uh, just staring at the ceiling for a second because what you said I find to be so arresting and powerful all at the same time. And that is this notion that you don't have to have all that and then some. What you have to do is to discover what your gift is, what your unique talent is, what your artistry is, and then find a way to super serve that particular audience. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure macro's even in anymore. It's all micro. Macro is out. I mean, it's gonna, mm-hmm. it, it, it is mm-hmm. difficult for me to imagine, given just the way the world of media works, and I've been at this for three decades now, it's difficult for me to yeah. imagine that you're ever going to break big like that again. It just doesn't. It doesn't happen that way anymore because the, the because everything is just so so um, uh, so diverse uh, in in um, in the world that we live today. But what did you learn? And again, I'll get Big Poo in a second here. What what did you learn about super serving your audience and not being concerned about having to be at the top of everything? Man, I think one of the lessons that I learned was the moment it kind of became clear to me i was doing the show i was in washington dc and uh we were in dc and this wasn't a little brother show but it was it was a foreign exchange show uh, right. my other group my army group mm-hmm. and we were performing at howard theater and it was sold out oh yeah you know what i'm saying it was like you know 1200 people it was sold out and i looked out in the crowd and it was you know 95 percent black people mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I looked out in the crowd and I was just like, listen, this is a sold out crowd. We made very good money. And this is an audience that we've been serving and they're going to keep showing up for us. I just have to keep doing this. Like, I don't have to, you know, chase a mainstream audience or if something is going to get bigger. Like, I don't have to worry about that. I can feed myself and take care of my family and make the music that I want to make by staying true to myself. And that was something that was just really, um, really pivotal for me and, and, and really um, just grounded me in a way of just, even on the spiritual side of just saying, you know mm-hmm. what, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I'm going to be okay. As long as I stay true to me, you know, records, they sell. You have some records that do more than others. You have some that, you know, that do well, extremely well, some that just do okay. But as long as I just stay the course and stay true to myself and keep showing up authentically as myself, I'm going to be okay. And that's kind of been my God in life. Man, that is some great advice. And I hope that every every artist, every budding artist listening to this program right now takes those words to heart. You just got to do you. Um, perfect your craft. Um, bring bring your artistry to play. And when you find your audience and you serve that audience, you're going to be all right. Um, but I, I find that people are, you know, everybody's looking for that that big thing. And they're, they're looking right past an audience of people who love them. 
uh, that want more from them and don't know how to serve the audience of fans that they do have. So I, I love the way you frame that. When we come forward, I want to bring Big Pooh in this conversation and talk specifically uh, to him about what he thinks that little brother did differently than everybody else 20 years ago. They broke uh, again in a way that nobody had prior to them doing what they were doing. But artistically, artistically, I'm curious as to what he thinks they brought to the table differently than other people who are already in the hip hop game now celebrating its 50th anniversary. We're celebrating the 20th anniversary of their seminal debut album, The Listening. You're listening to Fonte and Big Pooh right now on KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tavis Smiley. This is KBLA Talk 1580. We are celebrating the 20th anniversary of one of the 200 greatest hip-hop albums of all time. As noted by Rolling Stone, Little Brother co-founders Fonte and Big Pooh join us to celebrate the seminal debut album, The Listening, uh, again, just turned 20, uh, and uh, delighted to have Fonte and Big Pooh in conversation uh, right about now. They are celebrating this milestone with a headlining tour and a new documentary coming out this year. The documentary uh, features artists like Questlove, Drake, and others who share their admiration for Little Brother, as many of you are. I was just checking our socials, and a whole lot of you love Little Brother. I see you posting everywhere, and I'm getting text messages from folk, <laughs> getting all kind of text messages from folk who I didn't even know knew Little Brother's music. Uh, but they love it. That's what's up, man. Yeah, man, that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they love it. They love it, Fonte. Uh, the group just recently announced Hannibal Burris as the opener for their show. If you are lucky enough to be in Southern California, in Santa Ana, uh, at the Observatory, this coming Saturday the 4th, they will be in concert this Saturday, March 4, in Santa Ana at the Observatory, a great venue. You can check out uh, Little Brother this Saturday night. Uh, Pooh, let me get you in this conversation. I said a moment ago I wanted to ask you, artistically, you guys have been given credit for pioneering what some call grown man or everyman rap, uh, rap relating to the working class and everyday people. That's what uh, other folks say about your music. But artistically, Pooh, what do you think you all were bringing to the table with this debut album 20 years ago? Um, I think 20 years ago, I, I think the, the thing that stuck out the most, even for me just looking at it, is uh, we we decided to to go out, go our own path. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody was, was going a certain way, was trending a certain way, music was trending a certain way, at least uh, rap music was, and we decided to, to, to stick to what we knew best, and that was ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it may not seem like a big thing to do, but during that time, I believe it, it was it was definitely a big risk, if you will, to take. And um, and it panned out. And, and all we were doing is just following in the footsteps of the artists that we that we looked up to coming up, the tribes, the day lives, the the UGK, the outcasts and so forth and so on. So that's all we were doing was just so our, our, going. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Art, artistically, uh, Pooh, artistically, what do you think that risk was? Uh, That risk was just making music, like the sound, the sonics of the music, the, the, the lyrics, the content, mm -hmm. just being true to who you were. Like as Fonte was speaking earlier, um, there was no, you know, we weren't being super versions of ourselves. We weren't being characters of ourselves. We were literally just being ourselves. And a lot of times people go to music to escape. They go to music to hear something different from mm -hmm. their life. And we were presenting to them a version yeah. of what possibly was their life. And I think that was the yeah. big difference. Yep. It's one thing. Yeah, I was going to say to put it in. I was going to say uh, to put it in context, mm -hmm. uh, Tavis, for, for the listeners, to put it in context. So you talk about that artistic difference. Our album was released 
February 25th, 2003. Mm-hmm. Two weeks before our album, 50 Cent released Get Rich or Die Trying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> just, just to show you, just like, and let me be clear, that is a record that we love. Like, that was a record we was bumping on the tour bus and all that, but that really was kind of represented what the state of hip-hop was at that time in terms of what the mainstream, yeah. uh, what was going on in mainstream rap, what was looking for. So, yeah. us being this you know, this three-man crew from North Carolina making this kind of throwback, boom-back, you know, soul and these kind of everyman just rhymes, us just talking about just our regular lives. Yeah. It was a stark difference from what was out on a mainstream level. No, when you, when you say, when you, when you say the listening and then you say get rich or die trying, the contrast is obvious. I, I get it. And anybody, <laughs> <laughs> and anybody who knows hip-hop gets it. Let me ask you right quick, Fonte. We'll continue when we come forward. Let me ask you right quick, though. It's one thing for Rolling Stone years later to list you as one of the 200 greatest albums, hip-hop albums of all time. But when did you know, Fonte, that y'all, that y'all had hit pay dirt? I think I knew that we hit pay dirt was when we had finished the album um and this was we finished the album like march of 2002 mm-hmm. and uh i just finished the album and i remember we had the final sequence it was on the cd and i just came back to my, my apartment at the time at the time uh me and my girlfriend and my son who was two years old at the time mm-hmm. we had a little apartment and uh i just pulled up to the apartment and i was just listening to the record and I didn't know, there was never thought of, oh, we about to be rich. There was a never thought of, oh, we about to be out of here or whatever. I just knew that my life was going to change. Mm. And it was just something that I could just feel just yeah. on a on a very visceral level. Just listen to that record. I was like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with this, yeah. but I know that my life is about to change. Our many moments with Fonte and Big Pooh, a little brother, when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Conversations that matter. matter. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. We're talking to Fonte and Big Poo of Little Brother as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of their seminal debut album, The Listening. Just got about three minutes left in conversation here. Um, Fonte, it's a busy brother. Uh, and just to show you uh, his artistic range, um, you got a seminal album like uh, The Listening that goes on to be one of the 200 greatest hip-hop albums of all time. But the brother's also written music for... Sesame Street. <laughs> so I, I just want yeah. to show you <laughs> Fonte's range of work. Uh, Big Pooh, when you look back on this album 20 years later, one, does it feel like 20 years? And number two, how excited are you to, uh, to be back on stage performing uh, some of the tracks from that album? Uh, well, first, it definitely doesn't feel like 20 years. <laughs> it feels like five. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm always excited to touch the stage. Um, Super excited to be back on stage with my brother Fonte and um, just our whole team coming out and can't wait to see the people. Can't wait to see y'all. Hope y'all in Santa Ana uh, when we touch down on the fourth. But uh, it's 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 just one of the moments where you it's surreal and you you know well I didn't imagine my life ending up here yeah. but we here so let's yeah. go get it. Here we are. Uh, somebody said started from the bottom. Now we here, right? So, uh, <laughs> and, and and the person who said that is a big fan, as I said early, of uh, of little brother. Exactly, Fonte. I got thirty seconds left. I'll give you the last word. What do you hope the the impact of of your, of your work uh, and this specific album uh, has been and will be for the years to come? I just hope that the impact of this album just shows people and shows artists that you can be successful being yourself. 
Um, no matter who you are, no matter how weird you think you are or how crazy you might think you are, there's somebody out there that is just like you, and they're waiting for you to tell their story. They're waiting for you to give voice to them and make them feel seen and validated. So I would just say I hope people can listen to the music of Little Brother and hear our story and just say, yeah, it's okay to be me. Great advice for every artist listening to this conversation right now. Uh, Fonte, Big Pooh, Little Brother will be on stage. You heard uh, Big Pooh said he loves to just touch the stage. I ain't mad at him. They'll touch it this Saturday, <laughs> March the 4th in Santa Ana here in Southern California at the Observatory. Um, should be a great show. Will be a great show. Uh, look forward to checking that out. Fonte and Big Pooh, congratulations, man. 20 years later, good to have you both on. Love you both. Thank you, man. Love really, you back, bro. And thank you for having us, man. This really, this was truly an honor. I feel like I made it. I'm gonna call my mom and tell her she's gonna move her mind. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Extended run times. No need to be tearful. Music of my mind, girl. You're a concerto that I adhere to. In first class, eating biscoff, bumping I ear to. Lend me an ear. You ain't gotta be fearful. Yeah. Good morning, sunshine.